Hi, Mike. Are you on the line there? On the line. <laughs> All right. We finally got hooked up. Sorry about that. We we got dropped for some reason, so apologize for that. Well, good morning. Thanks for joining us here on KGNU. Thank you. Yeah, I'm way back up here in the mountains around Newcastle, Colorado. So. Oh, wow. Beautiful up there. <laughs> yeah, nice, nice. I had a concert uh, at the Ute Theater last night. Oh, wow. Well, you, you're a busy man. I can uh, I definitely tell tell that by looking at your schedule. So let me give the folks a little background about you. I'm sure everybody knows this, but we know that you wrote songs like Wildflower and uh, Wildflower, excuse me, Caroline, the Pines, Cosmic Cowboy, Geronimo's Cadillac, a whole bunch more. You've been making records, geez, almost 50 years, and you got six gold records. <laughs> I know, you got six gold records, and uh, you helped spurn the Cosmic Cowboy music scene with uh, Willie and Jerry Jeff and Outlaw Country Music and all kinds of awards here. And I wanted to uh, congratulate you. I guess this year you were recognized with a Lifetime Achievement Award from the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum and National Cowboy Hall of Fame. That's fantastic. That probably meant more to me than any other award that I've ever received, other than uh, being given the honor of being adopted into the Lakota Nation at Pine Ridge. That's probably my number one and number two item of that would be being recognized by my peers at the Cowboy Hall of Fame. Yeah, well, you certainly helped resurrect that cowboy music scene back in the early 90s, that's for sure. And uh, you just you kept trucking. You're just still doing your thing. and playing music and uh you got a brand new record that came out this this year we've been playing it austinology the alleys of austin and uh why don't you talk a little bit about that and some of the wonderful players you have on that geez well uh, about uh oh two three years ago now i found out that the that the country music museum the uh country music hall of fame in nashville was going to mount an exhibit called outlaws and armadillos about the 70s in Austin, they uh, contacted me and said they wanted to, you know, give me an exhibit as one of the other things on display there, and they asked me if they could uh, get my granddad's old guitar that he gave me, and so I loaned it to them for three years. Anyway, make a long story short, it got me thinking about the, those years. I've never been one to look back and uh, rest on my laurels. I'm always trying to move forward. So I hadn't really thought about all that in quite a while, but since it was going to be in the Country Music Hall of Fame, and by the way, it opened in May of last year, and it's the most attended exhibit that they've ever had. Oh, congratulations. Something like 100,000, 50,000, 150,000 people a month are wow. going through that museum to see stuff. And it's mostly about Waylon and Willie, because that's who, who people knew the best and, and were most aware of. They got most publicity but uh in fact i was there early uh i was there three or four years before and i did have some influence on getting willie and waylon and jerry jeff walker and some other people to come down to see what was going on there right uh mainly what i thought was we had an audience uh for the kind of songwriting that we were doing chris christopherson was another one that guy clerk town van zandt these guys were all writing completely different kind of country music they were trying to uh, tell human stories in a very compelling way. They had a sense of poetry about the way they were writing. And I was just honored to be a part of it. I'd been a staff writer for Screen Gems Music in California. And uh, I walked into a cubicle every day and wrote songs and handed them in. And the song players took them out and tried to get them recorded by other people. And 
I found that that was rewarding at times, but I had built up this big backlog of stuff that they didn't really want. It was too personal. And uh, so I was discovered by Bob Johnston, who was Bob Dillon's producer and Leonard Cohen's producer. He produced my first album, and I was in Austin at the time. And uh, so nobody thought about trying to create an Austin music scene. We right. just all gathered together in the same place. The last comment I'll make is about it is it was very similar, although we, of course, we're not on this level in a literary sense. It was very similar to what happened with Ernest Hemingway, F. Scott Fitzgerald, uh, John Dos Passos, and a number of other writers who gathered in Paris uh, during the 1920s. And they had to go to Paris. They had to go outside of the cities of the big-time publishers to get a voice, to get an American voice that they wanted. They found it by being kind of a, a clatch of, of people there who were a little bit of a law to themselves, and they would all get together and read passages to each other and talk about, do you think this is good? Do you like this? We did that in... in uh, in Austin, except we called it a picking session. You know, we just would sit around uh, Schultz's Beer Garden or at the Armadillo World Headquarters, and everybody would be there and we'd just play. So it's not a concert. It's just a get-together to bounce songs off of each other. Wow. I remember the night that, that Jerry Jeff Walker had, he was still living in Florida at the time, but he came through on a motorcycle, <laughs> and he said, uh, I got a song, see what you guys think of this. I knew a man, but Jane, but Jane, Jane. <laughs> but did you like that? You think it's too wordy? <laughs> We're all sitting there with our jaws dropped up, and we said, that's an American masterpiece. Oh, man. You know? And it is. And it, it doesn't by doesn't do it by mentioning, you know, the American flag and, and mom and apple pie. Right. It somehow captures that in a very different way. The story of an old old street singer, an old street tap dancer. Right. And so uh, it was a great thing to be around. Well, even Sammy Davis Jr. made a hit out of it, right? So that that, that must have been, uh, you know, that's a, that's how great the song was. It certainly crossed more than just the kind of genre of the music you guys do and that we like to play here on Honky Tonk Carols. But, man, that's just a fabulous story. And uh, so you have all these guys together. You recorded this new record. And uh, like I said, we've been playing it. And it's it's. And when we get done here, I'll, I'll close out with one of the tunes. But um, And now here you are still on the road, and you're, you're starting up a, another tour of your Christmas shows your cowboy christmas shows and and uh you're kicking it off in boulder tomorrow night and we're we're just happy that you're here and uh and wanted to uh give us some background on that because that this is a, this is exciting this is a fantastic uh event coming here well of course i've been at the boulder theater before when e-town used to uh, do a show there oh yeah 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 you know and uh i love the theater it's a, it's a good place for us to do this production this production is uh really different than anything anybody's seen me do before uh, because we, we do what we call 150 years of Southwestern dance music. Wow. We, uh, we hired some local people called the Rocky Mountain Vintage Dancers and they went on tour with us all last year and we developed a show where people are actually dancing to the music and we cover music from uh, the era of that song you just played i ride don't paint which is the 1800s right we cover music from there all the way to the present with a cowboy christmas theme we could do that because 
our show is a reenactment, if you will, of the Cowboy Christmas Ball that started out in Anson, Texas in 1885. And a New York publicist happened to be there uh, because his uncle owned a cattle ranch there, and he came to this ball. And he was so amused by seeing cowboys trying to dance with these ladies in dresses that he uh, wrote a funny poem about it, and it was the most popular poem in the 19th century. It was it was it was published by everybody, even went to Europe and in the London Times, and so the Cowboy Christmas Ball got started. So our whole show talks about the history of the ball and the kind of dancing they would have done now, and the kind of dancing we're doing uh, among the honky tonk heroes you talk about today. Right. And uh, of course, Austinology fits into that because. It was very much a honky tonk scene down there. A lot of clubs. Uh, we didn't. We weren't ready to play the big concert halls yet, and uh, so it was very much that kind of situation. Dancing really meant a lot, and in Texas music, dancing has always been the thing. If you can't dance to it, people aren't interested. But what's interesting about this, the Austinology, is that it's it's story music that you can dance to. This is music that tells stories in a poetic way that that still is written so you can dance to it and that's how we bring it all together in this cowboy christmas show and we'll have dancers in probably 75 percent of the songs that we do wow that's quite a production yeah we uh we carry 14 people on the road for this production holy smokes and uh we use big screens projectors in the, the background and, uh, but it's all about the American West. It's about the culture of the American West, something that uh, in contemporary times we tend to forget about. But when we start asking ourselves questions about why things are the way they are, it's because the history of the Western pioneers influenced us so much, the Native Americans here. And there is a little bit of Native American music in my show. Uh, because, like I said, I'm an adopted member of the Lakota Nation. I've always felt like the Indians had more influence on the music than what they were given credit for. So uh, we get this all together in one package and present it. But the bottom line is, it's fun. It's yep. joy. It's about a celebration. Wow. It's about uh, it's about Christmas. It's about family. We do we do now thirty straight shows on this tour in a different city every day with only one break. Wow. And uh, we play a lot of places where we actually are doing dancing. But these performing arts centers that we decided to play uh, didn't have dance floors, so we brought our own dancers with them and we dance on stage. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you can't beat them, join them, right? I love it. <laughs> That's fantastic. And so tomorrow night we can expect to see just an extravaganza of of musicians and and dancers and i'm visualizing this and i did uh, cheat a little bit i looked obviously on your uh, website and your facebook stuff and it just looks like i don't know, like a real ordeal out there like it's really orchestrated and it's <laughs> well it looks you know it's not just you and your guitar that's for darn sure right now i do a lot of shows solo acoustic but this is not the time right uh, cowboy christmas theme you know i've had out uh, a number of christmas albums and uh, they're all called Cowboy Christmas 1, 2, 3, so forth. Right. And we just put out a DVD of the show you're going to see in Boulder. Right. I just was going to ask you about that. Didn't mean to interrupt. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm glad. Was you, yeah, can you, so that's, so that's going to be um, 
available for sale and along with CDs and everything else when the folks come out and see you tomorrow? Yeah, we uh, we recorded that uh, live at the Paramount Theater last year in Austin, Texas. Wow. And uh, so you'll be able to get what you're seeing on the stage. We've never brought this show to Boulder before. So uh, what you're seeing on the stage will be something you can take home with you if you want to. We're uh, I'm, I'm big on whatever I do on stage, I want people to have a chance to, to have it. You know? Right, right. I right. don't like to kind of go off message. So uh, we wanted to make sure we had that. Uh, bottom line is it's fun. It's a real celebration. It's uh, The culture of the American West has got a lot of controversy associated with it, but it's also got a lot of joy and a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, we try to emphasize that side of it because it's Christmas, time for forgiving, time for joy, time for celebration. Exactly. The world is a bit twisted up these days, so it's nice to kind of go out and forget about your woes and things and just in, and start getting into the festive you know, spirit of the holidays, which you guys are going to be doing, I guess. You're hitting not only both. I mean, you're going all over the place, I read. Yeah, we're going to be in uh, five different states on the tour. Uh, but, you know, uh, on, the, on the idea of the world being twisted, I think you'll find... Uh, you know, we tend to get selfish, and we tend to look at our own time. Sure. They got got to be the worst that ever was. But at the time they came up with a lot of this music that we play in the show, I mean, we're not that long after the Civil War. And right. that was really controversial, you know, and people had to have some relief. Correct. So uh, this, this cowboy music that talks about the open range and, and, and the dance music that they did, you know, it, it communicates a lot of joy because... It was really a torn-up situation. Sure. Things were rough for the pioneers. They had rough lives, and they had their problems. They had their droughts. You know, they had their uh, cattle fevers and things like that that just about wiped out the cattle industry. And yet, these people would go out in their churches, not just dance halls. They would go to have dances in their churches, invite the whole family. So it wasn't about getting plastered at Christmas, you know. It was right. about the joy of of uh, celebration. I keep using that word because it's my favorite word to use. And uh, we do have some twisted times right now, but I think they're no more twisted. No, Probably not as as they were. Yeah, There's a time that a lot of this music is written. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. It's, uh, you know, we sort of live in our own world, like you said, and, and with problems and issues. And I think your show is going to is uh, also provides optimism for people, right? It, there's some, there's joy, there's happiness, there's light at the end, end of the tunnel. And, and you're in the tunnel right now, and it's not that dark, which is really kind of, <laughs> no, it's really kind of cool, because I don't think we look at things like that. We look for instant gratification, and yours is sort of plugging along, giving us history and uh, bringing us into the... Uh, you know today's world, so that is a a great subject matter. I I, I really well I respect is. that. A lot of Christmas music. A lot of Christmas music. You know, we are the most Christmas loving country in the world. Right. Uh, we've songs that I thought were written in Europe were actually written in America. Like uh, it came up on a midnight clear. Mm-hmm. Was actually a protest song written during the Civil War. Jeez. Uh, if you if you read all the lines in it. It basically says you, you know, we have to be be faith. We have we have to be faithful. We have to try to love each other. I mean, where are we all trying to go anyway? We're all trying to just have a good life, right? Right, right, exactly. And so, uh, 
that's what we try to show in the show is it is possible to have a good life no matter what you're going through if you want to look at it that way. And uh, we take that inspiration from our forefathers who went before us who had much tougher lives than us, and they <laughs> developed this incredibly lighthearted stuff. Right. Well, you, that, you, uh, that, <laughs> you've enlightened me. I'm already thinking back. I'm, my, you know, my life's really pretty good, actually. Uh, <laughs> like you said, <laughs> it, you know, geez, that's, uh, yeah, it's good food for thought. It makes people sort of ponder, you know, things like what you're talking about, and you may have it rough, and certainly some people do, but uh, I, I like the message that you're providing. I like the message that you're getting out there and and uh, and putting it through music because that's that's what you do. You're a singer songwriter and you know one of the best there's there's been. So we're we're just excited and uh, we're happy you joined us and we're happy you're you're in Boulder and uh, uh, yeah, just uh, I'm just looking forward to a great show for sure. Thanks for the interview and uh, I'll finish off by sure. using my other favorite Christmas phrase: <laughs> Peace on Earth. Well, and goodwill to men. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks listen. For the goodwill well, of this interview. Absolutely. And thanks for joining us. And uh, we're going to uh, say goodbye to you now. Have a great show. Have a great safe and safe travels and have fun in all the cities and have a great holiday season and Merry Christmas to you. Thank you. All right. Take care of yourself.